Hiya! It's Maxim and Marnie again. Welcome back. Thanks for listening, friends. I have a new friend here named Erica Bennett. And she has one child at Celebration one Preschool. Celebration. Yep. Um, so welcome, welcome, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. Um, and we talk on here a lot about truth and vulnerability um, and letting it all hang out. So thanks for being willing to come and do that. Um, I know that you were a star that shines bright in Pastor Brian's eyes. So oh. he is the one that wanted you here. So I'm glad that you agreed. I, I know. I When I said, when I came in, I'm like, if Pastor Brian asks you, you say yes. So yeah. I said, Yes. Well, I think it's good he knows he has that power. But I, I've I mentioned Erica. I didn't mention her by name in your first podcast because you were going through a list of people like Pastor John, Pastor Emily, myself, of people who should be on this podcast. And Erica, the reason why I thought of you is you're newer to our faith community than yep. somebody that has been here for 20 years. Yeah. And so I think true. it brings a different twist, a different story worth telling. Right. And we're excited to get to know you. Very good. I know nobody here. Well, I know a few people. So All right. Well, they're all going to know up. your story now, so let's do it. <laughs> um, so where were you born? Where are I you from? I was actually born in Chicago. My mom was in chiropractic school out here. So I was born here, but then we went back home to Pennsylvania. So I was raised in northeastern Pennsylvania, about 20 minutes outside of Scranton. You guys know Scranton? From the office. From the office. So I say Scranton and people know. Um, So I was raised there my whole life. Uh, Small little town, close family. And who lived in your house? My mother. Well, early on, my mother. She was divorced, so I was a single mom. And then she got remarried. So then it was my mom, my stepfather, and a transient stepbrother who came with us uh, for the summer to live. He was from Florida. So we had a very rotating (laughs) door at my house. So do you have a relationship with your biological father? I do not. Growing up, I kind of did because it was, you know, kind of legally forced to see your father every other weekend and do all that stuff. But as I grew up and grew out of that relationship, it wasn't pushed upon me and then I we just didn't move forward with it and do you feel like you have peace with that I do which is weird because I think some people would like look at the situation and be like you don't know your father you don't have any relationship with them but I just yeah I phased out and Was I mean I could say now I feel like I've, I'm at peace with it and you know when he passes or something happens maybe I would change my story was your mom super grace giving and is that what was modeled before you or how did you with not having a relationship right or, or just that she was kind about him or yeah they didn't really have there was no like tumultuous thing it was just you know I would go with him if I liked going great if I didn't want to go with him then I didn't Um, And that just kind of played out that at a certain point, I wanted to be with what I considered my family, which was my mom and her sisters in that family dynamic, rather than separate and go with my father who had a totally different, you know, family dynamic. So I just always wanted to be with where I felt comfortable. And I just stayed home. And did you have a relationship with your stepfather? Yes, very close. Yeah. So they were my mom and uh, stepfather were married for 20 some years and he was basically my father figure growing up I think my mom got remarried when I was five or six so I was with him the whole my whole young adult life or young childhood and into adult life so when you got married who gave you away that's always funny so it was my mom Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) so I actually she walked down the aisle and then I walked down by myself in a very solo strong yeah. woman thing um but yeah my mom has really been that like constant so that's awesome yeah. and do you have a relationship with the fabulously gypsy 
stepbrother. Stepbrother, yeah. Um, I do. Not strong. I wouldn't say it's strong. Like when we're together, it's like nothing ever changed, but we don't pick up the phone and call and talk and text and things like that. Um, but I wouldn't say that it's any less, you know, of a relationship. Yeah. yeah um, and were you voted anything in high school or what was your persona oh. or identity in what high school? What do you guys think? What would Did you, you vote Did you stalk me her? Because <laughs> when you were back home, I thought you were posting like crazy stuff like a year, maybe oh. six months ago, you were posting yes. what I, yeah, what you were, what I was. right? What were you? I, I don't know I any was, of this. So I was a cheerleader. I was a varsity cheerleader all four years. So I was most likely, or most school spirit. Um, most likely to be famous. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you kind of are now that you're yeah, on this I'm podcast. Yeah, I'm so famous with Marnie, Maxim and Marnie. Uh, wait till talk about God. <laughs> that would be super famous. Um, what else was I voted? I was a president of my class or vice president one year. I just... Was I'm it a big like, school? Tiny no, school? No, no, no. Like 115 kids per class. Okay. So, like so now people that really knew you. Yes. Very small town. And I was, I'm kind of, you know, I say high school was the best days of my lives. I would go back and live it yeah, again. Yeah, it was super fun. Super, super fun. positive. Super positive. I was, you know, academically gifted enough, but then I also had a really good social, you know, balance to that. So isn't that crazy? Like <laughs> I grew up in a really small town and you could not pay me any amount of money to go I back. No, it's so weird. I have nieces now who are at these bigger schools out here and they're like, I hate it. I don't want to be here. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would go back and relive high school any day. Yeah. <laughs> Send me back. That's well, cool. I think that's awesome to have a positive experience because I think that it's really impactful any way you experience it as much as Maybe people don't want to admit. I think high school impacts who you end up. A yeah. lot of how you feel about yourself. And I, my core friend group, we had a dozen of us. This is so bad. We were like the diva dozen. That's so embarrassing. But we're still like best friends today, even though we're all around the country. But like you can just get back together. And I think that's like rich. nothing ever happened. I think that's wonderful. So cool. Did you have cool. traveling pants? I don't know your... what that is. Sisterhood of the Traveling Trave- Pants. Isn't that like? I've never seen it. <laughs> what year were you born? 84. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, and where did you go after high school? Where did the president and most likely to be famous person right. go? I well, everybody in my family was in medicine. My mom's a chiropractor. My stepfather was a doctor. My aunts are pharmacists and nurses. So clearly, I had to be in medicine at the time. So I went to a local school um, for pre med, and I had like a dual major in pre med and philosophy, which was kind of cool. Um, but then. I just decided I didn't want to do that intense of a route. So I went into pharmacy school, again, local, uh, Wilkes University, and did a six-year farm PharmD program, and then uh, came out here after pharmacy school to do residency at University of Illinois Chicago, and did a year of that, and then that's how I ended up staying in Chicago. And so, so then you met your husband out here. I did. Please tell me your love story. Uh, yes, my love story. So I was after I finished my year of residency, I, it was the summer and I was kind of thinking about going back home, but we were going to street festivals because if you're in Chicago in the summer, you go to street festivals. So we went to Old St. Platt's block party. Have you guys been there? It's like the biggest outdoor block party ever. And rumor has it that every year somebody meets their husband. Oh, well, I that love year, yeah. That. So, Chicken to China, the Chinese chicken. What, who sings that song? Bare Naked mm-hmm. Ladies. Mm-hmm. So they were playing and they like were closing I their love set. Love BNL. Yeah, and I had like food or drink tickets, and I don't really drink too much. So I, the fat kid in me, was like, "Let's go get funnel cake." So I went with my girlfriends to the funnel cake stand, bought a funnel cake, turned my head, and there was this tall, dark, and handsome guy. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I need to meet him. He's so cute." So I walked over with my funnel cake. And I was like, do you want to share this funnel cake with me? 
So I basically picked up my husband. You hit <laughs> on That's him. That's awesome. Yeah, I hit on him. You have mm-hmm. some moxie. I like that about you. Yeah. Then I like did the Google search after, and I thought he was like 15 to 20 years older than I was at the time. But luckily, it turned out he was only 11 years older, which was acceptable in my age limits of dating. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. Um, that's such a, that's a, <laughs> that is a, what you just said, I Googled him. Yeah. Like that is a luxury that you had that for sure yeah. people of one generation below you did not did have. Not. So that's really interesting Wait, to me when that was that's this? the How many first years thing ago? you did. Oh, mm, nine years ago? I th- Probably okay. the summer of 2010. Yeah, summer of 2010, so hmm. it'll be nine years. And then how long did you date? forever <laughs> he's 11 years older so he's very old and set in his way so we dated i think for like three years and then got engaged mm-hmm. and then um getting pregnant was Had, easy like or the hard day for after. you no like the day after he looked at me and he's like oh let's have a baby bam baby <laughs> and then we so you had a super easy experience and super. how was your pregnancy easy um i don't remember much of it i've blocked it out since then um but preston was very easy i had this is like TMI for a podcast. You guys are going to know all about me. I had an anterior placenta and he was breached the whole time. So I basically didn't feel my pregnancy. Everything was blocked and he was upside down. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> know what she just said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, that's not but, that um, even. It sounds scary. <laughs> so <laughs> super no, no, easy. Super that, easy. Yeah. But super I didn't, easy. I didn't like feel kicks. I didn't get nauseous. Nothing like okay. that. And this sounds like a thing yeah. that's desirable. I know. Right. Um, so so now then you were, a pra- you were a practicing pharmacist? I was. Um, I'm not now. Um, Once I had Preston, I went part-time, super part-time, and then gradually got phased out of that part-time position and just ended up being a full-time mommy. Um, And when you were a pharmacist, did you have to deal with people addicted to, to like, is it opioids? Opioids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you kind of deal with everything. I wouldn't think that that's the number one thing I dealt with as a pharmacist, but I've seen it, and I've you know, felt the repercussions of that, but I didn't deal with it too, too much. What was but your... there are different types of pharmacists too. Like, were you at a hospital? Uh, Did, were you working at like a family's pharmacy? Like what kind of Yeah, so I was in a retail setting, but I had a very different role. So most of the time when somebody thinks of a pharmacist, they think of your, you know, big three-letter chains or whatnot behind the counter, like counting and pouring. Um, I was very lucky to work in a position where I was in the community doing teaching and education. Um, I worked with a dietitian partner at one point and we'd do like community health fairs and basically teach about healthcare and pharmacy, not just like counting and pouring pills and That's prescriptions. That's very unique. I've never so, heard that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very and who sp- were you employed by when you were doing that? Um, at the time, Jewel Osco. I'm still working with Jewel Osco. Um, I kind of worked at their kind of more corporate level and now when I'm doing just part-time stuff I am behind the counter doing the very important work that gets you your actual prescriptions <laughs> yeah absolutely interesting yeah um and so then you lived in Chicago in the city and then you got married and had a baby and you guys moved to Naperville about three years ago now or four okay yeah we moved my husband took a job at Edward Hospital um so the commute of two hours each day was a little bit tough. <laughs> right. So we were between Barrington area or here and we had some family in the area and the job, his ideal job was here at Edward Hospital. So we ended up downtown Naperville, which is nice. And did you grow up going to church? I did grow up going to church. Yes, I grew up um, my little white communion dress. So I was Catholic. We were Catholic growing up. My mom, we would go to church every weekend, uh, go to Sunday school, get communion. Did you and have I, faith practices in your family? Did I? Um, not that stands out to me. I mean, it was kind of like, 
you know, you wake up, you go to church, get communion, mm-hmm. come home. And then you just did that on Sunday. We didn't necessarily like talk about it a lot. We didn't like read the Bible or pray or I mean, anything like that. We just kind of went not through the motions because we had like faith behind it and there was meaning behind it, but we weren't super involved in the church community. I think one or two summers I helped teach vacation Bible camp yeah. and things like that, but I wasn't like if you, there was a spectrum of like involved and not involved, you know, we were kind of somewhere in the middle. Did yeah. you go to any Young Life youth groups in high school or college or anything like that? No, I no. went to a Jesuit university, so University of Scranton back home, where they had like a focus on like faith and service. And I was in this program where I was a double major in philosophy and biology. So they kind of gave a little bit of like faith-based learning into it, um, but nothing And so then you came here, and what made you seek out a church home or a faith community? So for a while, we were just kind of bouncing around on, like, certain Sundays. I didn't go to church for a while when I first moved here. And even back in the city, um, and this, you asked me before, but um, I'm more spiritual and religious than my husband is not. So it's always kind of a split of it was all on me to go and do it. And with a young baby and doing all this stuff, it was hard for me to, like, pull the reins on that. So we didn't go for we meaning my son and I didn't go for a while Um, but then when we came out here we enrolled in celebration and I think they like had singing in church one or two of the weeks and we started going Mm -hmm. um, and then he my son fell in love with Pastor Brian and was obsessed with him so we started going more and then more Sundays and more Sundays Um, and that's kind of just how we ended up here mostly I think because of the school affiliation um, and to be honest, I joke with Pastor Brian, I'm like, uh, I'm, I was raised Catholic, but this is Lutheran. And I'm like, don't even ask me the difference because I would not be able to tell you. Well, <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't tease too much, but you'd be like, oh, good mass today. And, and like, we don't call it mass yeah, in the Lutheran. Service. But, yeah. <laughs> or like, I'll go up to bless my, like get communion. And I'm like, I still do this. And the so sign, she just said the sign of the cross. The cross. Yeah. But you know what? A lot of people too. do that. I don't think that's exclusive. Yeah. I yeah. think that practice is fine. So what has your faith done or what has your experience been coming? here or can you describe what you've taken in or learned or I mean I think the just like acceptance like I don't think anybody cares that I don't know the difference of Lutheranism versus Catholicism or that I say amen or bless myself I mean so it just feels very welcoming and that's what I liked best about it it's just comfortable um, and a place where I know like every Sunday I could bring my kid and just kind of center and feel connected to something so I think that's what ended up kind of getting us to stick here. Do you have a favorite worship song we sing? Um, Mighty to Save. Uh-huh. Laura Story. I think the first time I heard that, I like Instagrammed it and I tagged Pastor Brian. I'm like, oh my God, this is my favorite song. <laughs> and I just felt like, you know, something clicked at that time. So it was good. Yeah, that's awesome. I cry at like church music, like the more modern stuff, which I appreciate the modern mass. Um, I've never been down to the other campus and you know, the few times I went to church when I was in the city, I liked the contemporary masses. I just kind of vibe with those better. Um, they're more my speed. So, I mean, I like everything about the Sunday service or Sunday service. Yeah, it's all good. It's not a mass Sunday service here. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it means the same thing, <laughs> so it doesn't thing. matter. But, like, how cool is it as a pastor to all of a sudden, uh, like, walk away from church and I, I'm exhausted from whatever the day had. And then you see on Instagram that somebody's tagging your church or, like, having video from your church yeah. saying, you know, they're singing my favorite song. And then you're shooting uh, Preston, you know, dancing. Yeah. So I, I think it's... <laughs> It's it's cool to to see that. Yeah, it's, I like I feel like it's modernizing like the traditional mass and services and just like re- 
you know, faith is like modernized now by like social media, basically. And it's becoming more present in people's lives because of that. I I, I have a theory on this. (laughs) I haven't shared it on here, but um, I believe our cell phones are the stained glass windows of of today. So stained glass windows were originally made to teach people about the Bible or God uh, for people who couldn't read the Bible. And so you could see those images and you can learn about it when you came to church. And I, I truly believe that that's what our phones are. That's what Instagram is, is the opportunity to tell people about God's love through the digital thing that we have there. So that's our stained glass window. So somebody who might have no clue, have never picked up the Bible before, can understand God's love through that video that you post. Yeah, or just showing, you know, like we're, it's a place like that you could come and enjoy yourself and it's fun and it doesn't have to be so rigid and, you know, tied to a book and all this stuff. It's just, you know, communal is basically how I feel and how I kind of see it here at the space. You seem like a very positive person, half full (laughs) cup. Are you, would you say that's accurate? Most of the time. Yeah, I, I think I try to be. But I have my own, like, I'm somewhat anxious or I always, like, think of the whole picture but then try to focus on the positive. I don't ignore the negative and ignore, like, the struggles and, you know, all those things. But pretty positive. What has time. been a struggle in your life that you've overcome? Oh, that I've overcome. I don't even know. That's a good question. You see, I should have got this beforehand so I could have thought about it. <laughs> I, did, it like, just, what, that this just is like happens. an interview question. Like, what struggle have you overcome and how did you do it? Don't don't say my questions are typical. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'll think about it. It'll hit me. Okay. Um, who was your first crush? Uh, my first crush. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement. JTT. Oh. <laughs> he That's, really that is. I yeah. feel like he could make a strong rom-com right now. Like Where he could he come now? back as an adult good-looking man. Don't you yeah. think? Or So that came up someplace I saw like, you know, girl crushes. And his name came up recently. That's funny. How old were you when you loved him? Oh, God. I don't know. We're enough to have like Tiger Beat magazines. And I'd like rip the pages out and post them on my walls in my bedroom. Do you know who Kirk Cameron is? Yeah. He was my JTT. That's, yep. He, there was a um, poster I had on my wall. And he was in a black leather jacket, glow lit pink behind him <laughs> with a curly moose, um, curly hair on yeah. top. And what I, was that? that was Growing Pains. Growing and pain. his best friend's name was Boner. And I'm not being yeah. blue. It's just that was <laughs> his name. I know, Alan I do Thick remember. was his therapist's father. I don't remember the yeah. something. Joanne Currents. Oh, my goodness. I, now I'm seeing it in my the head. People. Um, yeah, it, it was head. a great day. That was the first time Leonardo DiCaprio, I believe, was on film, was oh. Growing Pains. Yeah, I think that's I his start. I, wa- I, I watched right. it hard. So Jonathan Taylor <laughs> Thomas would be, I think, 37 years He's old now. Age. Yeah, see, and he... Um, <laughs> After Home Improvement, he was also the voice of Simba in The yes. Lion King. Yes. Okay. And then uh, he left Hollywood at the height of his career and decided to travel and go to school and take a bit of a break. He went to Harvard. Oh. Yeah, he's and real smart Andrews guy. University in Scotland. And then that's about... That's the man that we see. I feel like he would be a person that would be so handsome and cute based on just his appearance, but then would become cuter because clearly, like, his know. values in life. Oh, no, that does not even it look doesn't. like him. You should be seeing this picture. <laughs> oh, Wikipedia. <he's> <laughs> no, yeah. he's darling. Where is Jonathan Taylor Thomas? I think he's adorable. No, I, he's I don't cute. think he can grow a beard. He he's trying to, and it's it's not working. I think he's cute. I find um, cute in everybody. That's who <laughs> was the first real person that you liked? 
Oh, like an actual adult relationship or like no, no, middle no, no, school? No. High school? When, when, oh, yeah, middle Chucky, school? Chucky Supon, he was the transfer kid who came into sixth, four, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. No, he was an eighth grade transfer and he was the football player. So, of course, me being in cheerleading, I kind of fell for the football player. And did you kiss eighth him? Eighth grade. Yeah. In eighth oh, grade, yeah. you kissed them. My first kiss was in sixth grade. Was in my it? my basement with Ryan Morgan. European <laughs> or just lips? Oh, oh, we got European with a French. You You're getting did. to know the real <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> you said enchanté to your yes. sixth grade love. Yes, I did. You were just confident. You didn't care. You weren't nervous. No, we were so, it was so silly. It was like, if you guys could see the visual, like a... <laughs> like yeah, 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 yeah. It's a frogger. Lizard. Yeah, frog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yes, but I mean, so innocent. I never. I was innocent growing up. Very, very innocent. Like and I never smoked a cigarette. I never drank before I was twenty-one. Like, have you still never smoked a cigarette? Never smoked a cigarette. Never did drugs. Never. People are so surprised by that. <laughs> but oh, I've I never. don't think so. I think a lot of people don't do drugs. Yeah. Um, but you like, drank in college. No, not even really. Like socially. But I'm so boring. I still had fun, though. Like, I'm a person who can still have fun and do all that fun and crazy stuff that most people need intoxication for. Same. I'll just do it anyway. Do you feel like people get anxious that you're not drinking when they're drinking? Because I find people really like it when I drink, and I'm not really sure why. Like, it's always very confusing to me. I think they think I'm going to, like, judge them or be like a Debbie Downer, like, Mm. oh, you're not drinking. I'm like, it's fine. I don't need to. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. So my husband, that's who he's like, have a drink. I'm like, no, I don't need to have a drink. <laughs> yeah. Like in, yeah. there's a girl that goes here. I won't say her name because I don't know if she wants me to share it. But she often talks about how she's made the choice to not be a drinker in college. Um, so she's definitely very popular being the DD. Yeah. But how people get so worked up that she's not. And right. then if she dare have a drink, um, how weird they get about it. And we both talk about that experience about. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's I'm not really like a that culture. extreme, but like I just, you know, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. But I also, I'm always like, I'll be the designated driver, mostly because I'm a control freak and I'd rather be in control of myself than not. <laughs> Have you drank till you got sick? Oh, yeah, once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so then you're out of control and you don't like that. champagne bucket. <laughs> oh. And then my face met the champagne bucket. <laughs> it was like my 30, 30th birthday, maybe, 29th birthday. Yeah. Yeah, not fun. That's never pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being public, um, how public are you? And like 1 being like I really wouldn't like my name shared. Oh, I'm a a 9. Yeah. And I've developed into that just over the last few years. Um, I think it's my personality, but also that I just like to be in the know and be involved in things. And I have like that inner... You know, like star that just wants to She's be. She's doing jazz and, hands. And jazz hands. <laughs> like that's just, that's my personality. I was a dancer growing up in theater, this, that always involved in stuff. Um, and I just kind of always like to be on stage. So well, I f- love the people in my life who I drag on stage with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and from you saying you're a cheerleader, clearly you're a leader in life because Pastor Brian has also mentioned that you have invited people and brought people to the Celebration Church. Yeah. So how was that conversation or was that? Oh, I just drag them along with me. No, I mean, if I like a place or if I like something, I just want to share it. Um, so I'll just open the invitation up. A lot of the people are, are moms of children who go here and maybe they, you know, were not coming to service. Um, see, I'm saying service now instead of mass. Uh, they were not coming. So I just try to bring them along. 
But I think that's the <laughs> hardest part for somebody that has been here for a long time is to say, hey, I really like this place. You want to come and sit with me so you don't have to sit alone? Yeah. And, like, if everybody did that, you know, like, the, the church would be filled. So I just think yeah. it's cool that you're like, yeah, I like this place. I'm going to bring somebody that I like who would enjoy this as well. Yeah. I think it, and it makes it more beneficial to me or to, like, you know, if you invite people that you want to be around yeah. more and learn from more and kind of have that community. So it's fun for me to see Preston's friends and their family kind of be involved more because it brings all of us closer together too. Should I we... don't think I came, I like, I didn't come on an invite of somebody. I think we just, like I said, showed up one day because yeah. they were singing after their preschool class. Should we <laughs> share with the listeners um, about Preston's uh, win last year for the, Ooh, um, yeah. the raffle? Yeah, we, uh, we put in lots and lots of money for early registration raffle, and then we put in, like, five bucks or something for the Pastor Brian mini putt-putt raffle. Yeah. Yeah. But and we, won, we won the putt-putt he raffle. He was the winner. So he got to bring <laughs> three other friends and their parents to go putt-putting with me last summer. This was a preschool. The preschool. And like the celebration raffle. fundraiser. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I and mean, it, I was getting hard for early uh, registration, but actually, see, the fun of it is the crazy registration process. So secretly, maybe I was crossing my fingers for putt-putt with Pastor Brian, and then we won. It was, <laughs> it was one of the most organized chaos moments of my life. Like it, it could have been very dangerous at moments of like these three, four year olds <laughs> swinging top full speed. Yeah. Um, it was like baseball bats, but they yeah. were golf ball. Yeah. Golf. And nobody died. There were hole in ones. Nobody and, drowned in the little mini rivers that were flowing by us. But yeah, <laughs> but like what, <laughs> honestly, what I loved about it is like, now I really got to know these parents well, which I didn't like, it, it's that little in, you know, like you spend yeah. an hour with somebody hour and a half, then you get to learn a little you bit learn, more. So. And you learn that Pastor Brian has really, really cool golf pants. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Gilmore yeah. style. Yeah. Plaid golf yeah. pants that he wears putt putt. <laughs> I that love it. Well, I love that you guys had that. And I love that you have relationships there that you're inviting because I think that's exciting and awesome. And people yeah. sometimes I think aren't like you um, and need that personal relationship to come someplace. I think it is yeah. a big deal. So thanks for doing that for our hey. community. And we're so glad we have you. Um, can you tell me more about your mom? I heard her name is Lala. Lala. Oh, yes. Um, so my mom. Uh, like in this part of my life growing up, my mom is lovely. She's like, we talked about has always been like the one constant. Um, she's basically my twin, but 26 years older, which is kind of cool. She's a chiropractor worked for most of her life. Um, I think the first like major thing that I could think about that affected her life and my life is we were on vacation in ocean city, Maryland. Um, I was maybe 16 years old and she was standing on a corner, of you know the intersection there by the um beach and a car hit a motorcycle and a motorcycle flew into her and took her back 20 feet severed most of her leg and broke shoulders and all this stuff and that was like if you think of like turning points that was like the first turning point that i remember in her life and in mine because it stopped her from her work as a chiropractor it kind of took a little turn of all of our family lives because we had to readjust to things like that um but she came out of that like a trooper kind of so went like back to her leg was amputated not amputated no 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 i mean like almost severed off so like her leg was basically hanging on by a thread and then kind of we back can stop talking about yeah, the details of the medical so <laughs> but um why did i even bring this up that's one thing i think of like, about when your I go mom back. like well, so she's her like resiliency. a survivor she's re- yes. like yes she is the most resilient person that i know uh, most selfless person that I know. 
So now she, her body, her like physically, she's 100%. She's 100%. Well, but that was a long of. road. It was a long road. She's almost 100%. Last, like, this is so depressing. Last month or uh, two weeks ago now, um, she had ha- she had another medical thing came up that Pastor Brian was super helpful in getting me through um, where she had some heart issues and had to have surgery. And we're still working on getting her back to 100%. Um, but still, through all of this, she's still like the most positive person, the most loving person, the most, you know, live today for today type of person that I know. So I think that's where I start to get, you know, my vibes from and my outlook on life from is now growing into like a mother myself and getting older. I kind of try to embody that like resiliency, that outlook, positive outlook, despite all the crap that could happen, try to keep, you know, everything up and up. So I get that. And your stepfather is? Um, My stepfather is good. I mean, he's good. Actually, they ended up after 25 years separating. So he's still around, but he's not as ever present as he was. Um, Same jovial guy. Like would honk his car horn and wave at everybody, talks to everybody. Uh, Lovely as well. But, but they they're not together anymore. Not no. together at so all. So I went through like two cycles of fathers. <laughs> and he, they don't want to get a divorce. Uh, they they just finalized. Yeah. They just yeah. Finalized. But it was like a seven or eight year separation, Aww. which was I had met Dave, my now husband, at the time that they were separating. Mm. So that was like you know super awkward to start like dating a serious contender for a husband in my life while my mother after 23 years was like on the way out of you know a long-term marriage there so but watching her walk through that you just are inspired by her grace and yeah super lovely and now is she still in pennsylvania she is we like to get her out here more often than not yeah usually once every two months she's out here uh visiting me and for staying. like a so length like a, of time a week a week or two yeah. yeah enough to visit preston get some appointments taken care of and hang out and then she'll go back she snowbirds in the winter in florida oh that's so. nice but it's she's hard. one of those people that like she came up to me and was speaking to me and i'm like man she looks so <laughs> familiar like, mm-hmm. and i'm like I, I think i might have said like i don't know have we met before and then she told me she was erica's mommy and i'm like oh, oh yeah you you, yeah you could tell like you can tell they're related. So when you say twins of like 26 years, like yeah. it's yeah. legit. And it's yeah. that's like one of the hardest things is I moved out here for residency, you know, to finish my schooling off. And I had intentions of moving back because I'm so close with my family and everybody's back on the East Coast. So out here, I'm like a little orphan without any close family members or anything like that. As so a mom of daughters, like I'm a little bit mad at you about it. It's so stressful. I yeah, mean, like, I don't really want mine stressful. to do that. I know. My <laughs> husband always tells the girls, he's like, like he'll look at one of them and be like, "That's fine. You can move, but you need to get the other two to move where you're moving, so we can follow you right. and be there where but you don't, are." Because don't fall in love with somebody who doesn't live in your hometown. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah, That's, I mean, it's it's even harder now growing. Like as I'm growing up and I'm raising a family, mm-hmm. I just want that close knit vibe that I came from. So you know, trying to recreate that here, I'm like, everybody come visit me. I'll but you were school. saying nieces are in school out here. Yeah. So is this your nieces. husband's family? My husband's family is mm-hmm. out here. Yeah, but they're like a totally different, you know, yeah thing than what I have back home. Yep, yep. Different yeah. family culture. Different family culture. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was a really pivotal movie for you watching when you were growing up? Ooh. <laughs> I will say The Bodyguard, but not because of the actual movie, because of like 
the song you know i'll always love you the song from the bodyguard yeah i do my grandmother passed away to that song oh so every time like that movie comes on or we'll hear that song that's the memory that i get so it's not necessarily the movie related to kevin costner being an amazingly strong bodyguard yes exactly but God rest her movie. soul. What a tortured <laughs> life she had, huh? Whitney? Yes. I loved, I know, she was one of my favorites. Yes. Yes. She was the world's favorite, but her heart ached, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I wanted to ask you about when you had direct messages and asked for advice on Instagram. Yesterday, yesterday you asked uh, your friends for podcast advice. Oh, podcast Did advice. Did they come through for you at all? or No, you? no, because I think podcasting is very new. Or at least to See? my network of people. I had not even had the podcast app. Pastor Brown's like, do you want to do a podcast? Ooh. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. How do you do that? Well, I'll tell you all my favorites. Yeah. So, no, I've, this is my first podcast. My first seeing the podcast setup, which to the listeners is very official looking. Um, but, no, one person was like, oh, if you had a podcast of your own, I'd name it something blonde. <laughs> so, and I was like, okay. Yeah, nobody. Um, nobody okay. Talk it. about your other radio experience. You were saying you yes. were on Man Cow, which if people don't know from the area, he was really a shock jock. Yeah. Um, sort of in the vein of Howard Stern, but Howard Stern like 25 years ago in Chicago on 101.1. Oh, um, <laughs> Well, when I was growing up. Yeah, he was definitely on. Um, definitely a rough reputation. Man so, Yeah. Yeah. So how did you end up on it and what was that like? So at the time, I don't I think he's back on the air now. Yeah, he, he had, on AM. Yep. He had like a spot where he was on camera, like live television and on the radio. So they would film think in the late studio. night Chicago TV. Yep. Yeah, they'd film in the studio and then you'd also be able to listen in. So we had <clears throat> I had a friend who was somehow connected to the show, maybe she was a makeup artist, and he would ask for like ladies or interesting pretty women, girls, or pretty, girls, pretty girls basically to come into the studio and just like listen to what was going on so I happened to make the cut for being one of those people and I was you're just kind of there listening in but then he found out I was a pharmacist and started I think there was something about like smoking or vaping at the time so then I ended up chiming in on that it's a very interesting experience I've been like in where this is podcasting but I have like a natural like a f- uh, affinity. affinity yes I'm like affiliation affinity to television and radio um, and broadcasting so I had done a few Fox News Chicago morning segments um, and done some radio things prior to so I'm pretty familiar with that well why were you on Fox News oh like for pharmacy things so if there's a new drug that would come out and they'd want somebody to talk about it they would ask me to come in and talk about it or seasonal allergies what's the best thing to do so I do like mini health segments look at you you're like um, who's that really fabulous guy on CNN that I love Sanjay Gupta yeah (laughs) you're like that's like my dream job right so like this is cool the whole podcasting but I've always had like a a little in or wanting to know and be more into the like radio broadcast communications avenue of things I've I grown love into that. that. So that's and Marnie, do you have a, do, what's your background? In- I was corporate communication. So I was on syndicated radio and we did produced um, radio shows. Oh, uh, my first job. Yeah. So we had lots of Chicago radio personalities come in and um, we had uh, Mark Spitz, the Olympic gold winner. It was all health related. So he was talking about Lipitor, Morgan Freeman about 
no, not Morgan, Morgan Fairchild, the woman, the blonde, um, about <laughs> headaches. We had uh, Kelsey Grammer talk about IBS. Oh, wow. We had to talk about they're, Tom Hanks about World War II. Because their own personal experiences with those topics. I think Kelsey Grammer <laughs> was his there. wife. It was his wife. And we wanted to put music behind it, side note. Um, and he didn't. I'm not sure why. But it wouldn't have actually mattered because then in California they put their own sound effects and then he called very mad. Oh. We were like, well, it's a little bit of an awkward subject for those who don't know IBS. It's... Yeah. gas and pooping so they put those kinds of sounds behind it yep yeah. oh so that's in, uh, that's pretty cool and you were doing that a while ago oh yeah yeah so this <laughs> like was, 1999 this was all still cool back then too. 2000 yeah fun. yeah super fun um so if you were to give advice now health advice what would you say if i were having you on for like oh here's the doctor pharmacist erica what would be your Ooh, health advice cool or segment. what's your cool, cool vitamins or cool supplements or what are your thoughts on stuff like that there are too many things too there are many. too many things to think about and be healthy about mm-hmm. it's, it's like focusing on you have to just focus on what do you do like anything unusual things. like kimchi or kombucha no. or no. CBD oils or? No, but that's that's like really popular now because it went into the like, you know, distri- distribution markets and like Bed Bath & Beyond is now selling them. And people have been asking me about that. I don't have any experience with CBD oils. I don't know much about them, but that's going to be popular. Um, what about like essential that. oils or Never anything alternative? That. Nope. Okay. I'm like, keep it simple. Yeah. Right? Like eat well, exercise, get some sleep. Everything else kind of comes from that. I think it like we cycle through new fads mm-hmm. every five to ten yeah, years. But you know, I, I can't Did, keep up with everything. Does vaping that, scare you? Vaping? Yeah, with like all the kids like vaping essentially. Well, this yeah. is what I would say right now. We're not supposed to say vaping because oh. vaping sounds like water. And somebody explained to me tobacco. that it's like an aerosol that's putting it through, and the aerosol makes it go deeper in your lungs. Am I making stuff up, or no, am I quoting a bad source? No, I don't think I again haven't looked to speak to it too much, but that sounds like that would make sense. Right, and I think yeah. vaping sounds more innocent. And when it came out, it was really trademarked as like a, this is a better alternative to cigarette. smoking which yeah. i don't know maybe we don't know because it's not been around long enough right yeah and they're not like you know pulling 12 to 15 year olds and testing them in yeah <laughs> actual trials right well and they're not yeah. using tobacco now so i think now they're really putting other oils in and they're and somebody made the point to me was when you would smoke a cigarette you would smoke the cigarette and it would go out and with vaping, you could smoke 20 cigarettes, but you wouldn't actually know that you're inhaling that much because there's no end to it. Okay. Or it's concentrated or something. Yeah. Well, right. Like you wouldn't be able to put it out. You would just be like, right. well, I'm still keep got going. oil in there, so I'm just going to keep inhaling. Yeah. That makes sense. So the um, nicotine addiction rate. What do you think about addiction? Like what do you, what's your thoughts on addiction? Do you uh, think? W- well, I mean, I've had family members, current, past and current, who have suffered from different types of addiction. Um, so, I mean, I, I, my thoughts on it, I mean, I've, I've been in it and had to deal with it. So I understand the severity of it and it's long term, you know, to deal with, but yeah. I just think it's weird how some people could try something and not be addicted. Right. And then. And uh, so you think it's just in our genes whether we're addicted or not? I think there has to be a genetic. I think there has to be genetic, like predisposed. I also that heard behavior. that people with certain mental illnesses are drawn to drugs, or not even mental illness might not be the right word, but like if you have ADHD and you do cocaine and you feel great on cocaine, it's mm-hmm. an upper, and you're seeking out maybe an unhealthy drug, but it's 
doing that. Or if you struggle from other things and you do smoke marijuana and it regulates you. Like people yeah. find well, that illegal source that moderates their own stuff. Yeah, and the association between it. I think there has to be a behavioral, a cognitive behavior, behavioral and genetic Peace. link to yeah. it. Yeah. And then just the association of those feelings. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's very, very tough. Actually, my stepbrother um, is going through, he was in a program and is going through that now to come out of, and it's very hard, relapse rates and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. that is what I think is hard to walk through is to prepare families that that's going to happen. Yeah. And you want to like step in, but it really is their own for the most part journey with it and their choices. And I think that's the hardest component. Because you want to sit like, you know, with my brother, you want to step in and save him. And you want to be like, that's not healthy. You shouldn't be doing this. This is a better choice. But you have to really let that person make it for themselves. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to watch. Um, did you have a note that you want or you to say something? Well, I was just going to say I walk with a lot of families with addictions. And it's, yeah, they don't tell you when, you know, you have a relative going into rehab um, how high the failure rate is mm -hmm. and uh and there's a cycle that repeats itself and it's very hurtful so that you have to go through certain detachments in order to like not blame that person and yeah i mean like i've it, it's it's really tough to identify it and then um encourage the families to to seek help or like counseling and, and talking through it too because it's well with yeah. your it's pharmacy history did you like how are you on methadone uh, my thoughts on she's it. not yeah. on methadone yeah I'm, I'm not I'm a, <laughs> no I mean I really it's not I, I don't even I, I don't I've never really put that much thought into it but I don't you really did study. give it out I have actually because I was in a very non-traditional role for so long right. I did I don't deal or it I hadn't dealt with there. a lot of like yeah, because I, I was in the you know you have diabetes hypertension let's talk about you know healthy topics rather than um, a lot of those more intense topics are actually dealing with patients who are in it. Um, do you have a dream for yourself on what you would do besides that when you go back, like when your son is older? Or do you feel like you would stay in that? In pharmacy? Mm -hmm. No. I mean, this is actually something I hope to impart to my son. So I'm a pharmacist. I was very book smart and I saw medicine. I lived around it in every you know, aspect, but I probably went into it as a safe route. Um, I think my time and my talents would have been maybe better served in other areas, broadcasting, communications, PR, events, and marketing. Um, so what I've done now, and I've been very lucky to have a life where I have flexibility, um, I could use my pharmacy background to do things that kind of combine the best of both worlds. So as I mentioned, like doing Fox News Chicago or doing, right. you know, writing for magazines or writing for radio shows. With or that doing, background With knowledge. a medical background. Right. Yeah, I would 100% am so happy that I understand the body and yeah. can educate people on it and talk to certain, you know, aspects. But to use it now in a way that serves me too and like what I'm good at. So I'm trying to now flip the switch and combine both of those things. So would I go back to pharmacy in a traditional sense? Full-time, probably not. Um, if I had to, I could. And I love the job. And I love, you know, helping Miss Sally, who's, you know, getting her blood pressure medicine and, and helping her understand it. But I just have a little bit different take on it now where I'd like to kind of swerve it a little bit and do something. You know, it's never too late to start a podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Second incarnations. Well, I think that's yeah. exciting also to let people know that 
a lot of people at, you know, so many of the high schoolers here at 18 tell me exactly what career they're going to have um, prior to even going to college. And sometimes I think that's just a little bit sad. And I understand it's not them. It's the high school that's been asking that since they were freshman year yeah. um, and believing and dreaming. And I think that's okay. But I also think there's a real beautifulness in going to college and taking a course that you never dreamed of and having that like explode into this brand new world right. of seeing something new that and you not, didn't even know about. Yeah, just and not really like living up to what people are expecting of you. I think I kind of fell into pharmacy because it was still in medicine and I was good at it and I knew about it and I would have a career that would be making me six figures and everything would be great. You made Instead six of, figures. Wow, that's a lot of money. I was, I mean, it, I mean it's for Chicago. It's expensive to get into pharmacy too though. Yeah. yeah. And do you and still owe tough. or do you no, still have I was, debt? I was very fortunate to not have any that's student awesome. loans. Actually, so. can I say this? When you were talking about making a freshman to, or, you know, a 14 to 18 year old decide what are you going to do for the rest of your life? They have no What idea. I think is insane <laughs> is they will sign these loan papers, essentially, the, signing themselves up for maybe a hundred to $200,000 of debt without a lawyer present. They'll, yeah. you know, the like, amount, I mean, the amount of college, I don't even know, it's like 40 to 60 grand per year. Yeah. And I mean, most of the jobs, right, people get now, we are getting out, you're maybe making that a year. It's just crazy. But it I is just, just crazy. My thing, like what I will say to Preston is, what do you like? What makes you happy? What's interesting to you? And really try to take like the burden of success off of him. Right, I think because, it's, yeah. You just want to, you'll be most successful if you like truly honor what you're interested in. And I think that's what I'm learning now at like 35. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, well, if I could go back and I do it again. I think that's let's... real. And I think to find out that if, is that career self-fulfilling? Does that give you right. identity? Does that give you purpose? Does that give you self-esteem? Maybe not. Right. And it's a hard balance because I mean, if you're making $5 an hour, you're not, gonna meet the needs of maybe you know like things that are gonna yeah. make you essentially happy like a roof and food and the stress of not worrying it so I think there's a balance but like finding a good blend of that and yeah to all the 18 year olds out there now what do you want to do in life I would just try I always that. tell them the right answer is happy right. <laughs> and um, have rest. you traveled a lot of the world have you experienced yes I have done a lot of traveling uh, most of Europe Actually, I say a lot of traveling, but probably not. I probably haven't been to most states in the U.S., but I've been to Europe a lot. Italy, France, Switzerland, love that. Greece. And what is your fun. take on the differences, the pluses and minuses of those places compared Ooh. to here? I have never been across the pond, as oh, they say. Yeah, I, I mean, Europe is great. It's good. I think anytime you could travel and experience and get out of your comfort zone is worth it to do. Um, Italy is by far my favorite. My stepfather has family there, so we, I've been there a lot um europe is just a i don't know if i'd say it's very different than here it's it is it, yeah but I, I couldn't even pinpoint exactly what like it's the, the hustle and bustle the culture all the big cities still kind of my thing is know. coffee is the biggest difference oh, i don't drink so, coffee so yeah, okay. i would not know these things so like here we drink our coffee to go and they're like no just sit down very slower and, paced yeah yes yeah so it's that whole pace well and i've heard like they use vacation they close, days stores yeah. at night they have everyone's closed at lunch and so being aware that even like all the shop owners are very going home to their families because you're with your family yeah i think there's uh, there's maybe a little bit more of those vibes overseas yeah um it depends on i mean where you're going if you're in like the heart of paris and you're like these big very mecca metropolis. cities yeah then you're it's kind of similar to like a chicago thing but those smaller towns the smaller you know 
Have you been around when like they go on holiday essentially? Uh, no, that's, no, we've usually avoided. Then it's like dead zone. Yeah, around. <laughs> it's crazy. You'll be in these populous areas and they're all on vacation because they actually go on vacation have, and actually yeah. like. Have just you been somewhere stopped. besides Europe, a different continent? No, no, just Europe. Okay. So Europe and North Europe, America. North, North America, like Canada via the way of the airport, Mexico here. There. No, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's all. I want to go to Australia. That'll be. Oh, Asia. I've been to Hong Kong. Actually. Oh, talk about hu- Hong Kong. My husband is half Chinese, so his mom was from Hong Kong. And it was six months into us dating, we had the opportunity to go. So that's... Cool. So you went to Hong Kong <laughs> when it was not China territory? No, this was like four... So it five, was back six, to Chinese territory at that point. Yeah. Okay. Don't yeah, that would have been like 99. Is, so yeah, yeah. This was yep, like yep. 2010, so it was Okay. And so how was that? That was crazy. So that's where you feel very small in a very big world. Because at least when you're in Europe, like, they have the alphabet and letters and you can kind of sound stuff out and, like, you know, (laughs) kind of maybe sort of, you know, figure out what's going on. In China, in Hong Kong, they don't even have the same alphabet. So if you look at a sign, you're totally lost. You have no idea what's going on. And does your husband speak Mandarin or Cantonese? No, no. So we just went totally, like, you know, fresh off of coming at, coming from Chicago. His mom was there with us for most of the trip, so she was able to talk and communicate back and forth, but that was a hard one. That's where you feel very but out beautiful? of your element. Like a, like a... Uh, very, very urban. I wouldn't say, like, beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful because it's Isn't there, like, a to bay, like a big... Beautiful. It's on the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, so tall buildings, very urban, some gardens, tons of people, lots of concrete, um, and just and how bustle. did you feel in that situation being a minority? Str- well, I don't know if the minority played into it. I mean, it was stressful because I really had no idea what was going on. I could not communicate with the people right. around me. I did not know the culture. I did not know, like, the f- little things like, oh, do you want to have lunch? What's in this food? I couldn't even ask. I yeah. just, you know, it's a very, like, stressful. You lost control and you like yeah, control. I like control. And you're like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Um, it was a very cool trip and, like, very lucky to be able to see that and explore the different parts. But, yeah, if you've never been to a country that doesn't have the same alphabet, language, culture, anything, that's but how interesting because i think that's awesome that you had that because a lot of people will do that (laughs) here and i don't think as natives we're always respectful or you know sympathetic to that experience because that has got to be crazy overwhelming right the flip side of it right yeah yeah i forgot i we did go to hong kong yep (laughs) so your (laughs) husband is chinese and what is his father Uh, a mix of everything just half and half Yes. Yeah. European descent. European descent. Yes. And you are European descent. Polish and other stuff. Yes, European descent. And do you <laughs> um, do anything of that or do you feel like my traditions are American traditions? Just, yeah, I'm, I'm a blend of everything American here now. I don't really feel ties back to my, you know, heritage. I think I'm probably like three generations or four generations removed. I mean, unless when we make pierogies every year, then I feel very Polish around Christmas time. (laughs) But 
Well, I find it fascinating because my mom will say she was a Polish Catholic girl and my dad was Swedish Lutheran. And that was a little scandal. That, that was a that little exactly judgy. That's exactly what Mandy's grandparents are. And yeah, I were. find that I think we would giggle at that and laugh at that. Oh, how silly that they would judge for that. Right. Um, and I hope that by the time my kids um, are getting married, that ethnicity would be that laughable. Right. Um, I think that would be beautiful. Right. I When I first moved to Chicago, so I came from a very small town, right, the East Coast. Um, when I came to Chicago, it was like a world of opportunities in dating and learning about people and all that stuff. And I dated, I mean, probably somebody from every race, religion, faith, you know. Oh, and I it was, love that. Yeah. And I ended up having a pretty serious boyfriend. Um, he was black and I would take him back home and that was an interesting like welcome to a small town to have like an interracial couple at the time that was that was a lot even like my grandfather at the time was like oh I don't know about this and that was challenging now I mean we're very good friends now clearly I did not end up with him in life but I went through some of those and did you experience anything on your side with his family no they no. were very welcoming. Yeah, because they, I think all of his other family members were in interracial relationships, too. And why do you think that was? That's very interesting. <laughs> why were they? Yeah. I think that it just, that's that who they the, gravitated toward. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, very interesting. I think <clears throat> being from a bigger city, being exposed to other things, it becomes less and less of a... I remember I dated a guy um, in high school and he was African-American and he had a cousin living with him and he was like, yeah, I don't want you to come in. Like, she's not going to like you. And I think I was a little bit like you in high school. I had lots of friends and people liked me and I was like, oh, no, no, like she'll, she'll like me. Like, he's like, yeah, she doesn't like you because you're white. Right. And it was the first time realizing like, oh, like people that don't look like me deal with that all the time. Right. And it was the first time of being like, no, no, no. Like, just let her get to know me. But but no, that's not going to happen right. because of the way you look. And I think that was a really powerful lesson at 17 to learn. Yeah, that's, that's tough. I never actually, I didn't get to feel those things because I was in a big city. And I think it was more popular, like, not popular, but more like, you know, every day people saw that stuff. But if that happened to you, that's. That has to be hard. I never had that personally. Happen. I don't feel bad for me. I think it was no. a good thing for me to feel because it was like, yeah, hello, That's white girl. Yeah. Learning experience. Yeah, interesting. Because <laughs> I think um, we don't have a very diverse church. And so I would love, mm-hmm. um, I think somebody quoted that once that Sundays is the most um, segregated time um, in America. Wow. Which I think is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how you do that um, in a Naperville world where... Yeah. majority of people are white um and how do you welcome and how do you well, or make it authentic i think like yeah. the other thing is like i don't consider any of these <clears throat> like race issues or ethnicity issues like i don't have issue with them so how do you authentically like invite people and in? like hey we genuinely like space. hey like all of this aside it's like once you give attention to it it almost makes it uncomfortable whereas yeah. i sometimes just don't even want to give attention to it and just be like well you're cool you're normal let's welcome here i want to get to know you and all that stuff and not even make it yeah that's an why issue. i think it's that's hard. why i think you have the right approach is you're thinking of people who would like this as much as you do and oh you don't have to come here by yourself let me sit with you i yeah. I, I want you to be a part Relationally of this with me because invited um, 
the truth is 80% of Naperville isn't in a religious space on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And oh, so, wow. yeah, that we, we did the data a few years ago. 80%? So it's, it's lack of invitation. And, and honestly, if this church is as good as we all say it is, you know, that we love making sure our families have that space here, we're being fed. Why wouldn't you want your your right. friends of that that you do hang out with that you know like you, you'll go out uh, with them on a Friday night you know like you would want also right. let's hang out on another day on Sunday morning yeah. so in 1950 would that have been 80 percent of people would have a church home I would guess that's my guess yeah it was extremely a lot higher and um, I often talk about Aziz Ansari had a book mm-hmm. I love I dating never, I never I remember what his book was mm-hmm. called uh, but you know his thing is culturally a few generations generations ago, you would have dated only people, if you were in a major city, who would have been on your block. You, uh, If you weren't, if you were from a small town like Eric and I were, uh, you, you would have um, only went to one, you know, uh, you would have faith only dated... community. Well, faith community, but you would have dated people within that culture, and mm-hmm. it was a good fit. It, you, it wasn't boiling water. Now with our world, uh, you can date anybody in the world. Yeah literally. And if you don't like them, you can swipe another direction. And then the same is with churches is what I say, Mm -hmm. you know, generations ago, uh, you might not have liked your priest, but deal with it, you know, like it, that's who you get. And, um, you didn't just church hop like you people do now. And now I can, I can go to church online and that's, that's covering it. And if I don't like what my pastor said, you know, screw them. I'm going somewhere else, and and it's it's similar to dating. It I was just has gonna changed. say, like with marriage, right? right? Like if you went to you had, I think oh. especially with Catholicism, right? Like you're uh-huh. assigned um, a church, a district, and yeah. so you're in that one. And if you don't like the yeah. priest, you stick it out. You figure it out. You hand hang in there. And I think that's interesting too. I think also yeah. women are more empowered and have more careers and more options. And so I think that freedom has created some of that in marriage, but interesting. That expectation now though, for love and for church, that the your that person has to be perfect. That pastor has to be perfect or else um is a really strange thing that didn't exist a couple hundred years ago, even fifty years ago. So many options. The grass is greener syndrome. (laughs) Yeah, but like even this unwillingness to work through it, it mm. you know like so like marriages uh you know 50 years ago would have been each person had a role and it was never boiling water or like it was never like flames it was you had to like years get to where you guys truly loved one another and and they in aziz um interviewed people from a ton of people from older generations with a lot of different schools for his book and then what they did was they they gave the millennials gave up their phones like thousands of them to allow them to see kind of what are we doing to make these judgments now. And it's, it's just pure randomness now. I don't like what someone's doing. They're gone. Yeah. And and I truly believe that's what's happening with, with churches too, is I'm unhappy. Uh, uh, it's not friendly to my kids. All these things, I'm gone. Even if like theologically you would agree with what a congregation is saying or doing. I kind of love that about our saviors, though, because like how you were saying, you haven't been to the other campus Mm -hmm. and maybe when your son gets older and he's in different programs, like it will it'll make you or force you to experience those, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is super cool because we are in this interesting environment where we worship at celebration a certain way and the worship styles differ, but the community is really rich and strong. Right. Um, And then you can 
serve alongside people that may be prefer a different worship style, like you're saying, but it doesn't really matter. Right. You know what I it's mean? It's still the people. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I've been down there. They had a few programs around Easter holiday and I, we, I you did, did the crosswalk, down there. Right? I did the crosswalk down yeah. there. So I mean, it's so funny from Preston. He's like, where are we? This is different. And, you know, and I'm like, no, it's, it's the same. And he saw some, you know, similar faces. Yeah. So we've been down there, but just not to the actual Yeah, which that's awesome there. that you did that. How was the yeah. crosswalk for him? It was so, it was nice. I mean, I think it was tailored to kind of his level of understanding just to kind of see the visuals of stuff. I mean, he's not understanding yet at four Did and he half. articulate anything? Um, not so much after to me. I mean, I knew he was watching, and you can kind of tell from your child's eyes, like, they're picking up on things. Oh, I think maybe with the bread and the wine at the uh, table, like the... the communion. Yeah, the uh, apple juice and crackers they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was, we yep. uh, we don't do the crosswalk, um, and in our house, we used to joke when our kids were little that we believe in Jesus, but we're not going to talk about when he died, because uh-huh. um, we went, and my um, oldest was two, and three months in March for Easter. Yeah. And her hand was on the pew in the final scene where Jesus walks up, and it was Brad Creighton. And Pastor Mark, our old pastor, walked by and laughingly said, oh, I'll pay for the therapy, because he could just see her face, right? And we're like, (laughs) and we went home, and we went down for a nap, and she cried for about an hour, saying, Jesus is hurt, and I don't want to sleep. Yeah. Um, And for the next two weeks, that evolved into poop on the walls. Our nappies coming off. (laughs) No. We switched the locks. Everything was out of her room. She was destroying her room. We couldn't have the little Bible in her room because she would turn to the crucifixion page. <gasps> it's so I literally, at two weeks, Brett was out of town, oh and a neighbor gosh. came and flipped the locks because she couldn't calm herself down. And um, I was like, I don't, should we take her to therapy? Do you take a two-year-old to therapy? Um, and then right around that two-week mark, she calmed down and it was okay. But for sure, we would say like, oh. okay, we're going to lock your door just to keep you safe and make you know that you're good. And we didn't try to make it a negative thing, but right. she couldn't shut it off. And so then three months later, we went to Mackinac Island with my parents. And there is a fort there. And there were soldiers. And she looked up at me and she was like, those soldiers hurt Jesus. And I went, so chocolate covered strawberries. Anybody, anybody, wow. moving on, moving on. Wow. And we just l- did not talk That's about crazy. it. We don't go to crosswalk because all, all yeah. the other kids skipped out of there and didn't say anything to their families. Right. And I was like. <gasps> That's a, like how some kids receive that. Or even that they're paying, like, I mean, my mom always says, Preston is paying attention to every single thing. But to like try to figure out how they're internalizing that and what that means to them. That's crazy. I wouldn't have thought that at two she would have had that much you know, recognition. I mean, neither that. did I. Wow. So now <laughs> I'm super curious about what's Jesus, happening. Jesus. I have a picture here so nobody in the podcast can see it, but so we took Wesley and I got pulled away to do pastor things. Yep. And so Mandy's there. The next thing she knows is Jesus is being crucified and Wesley's standing yep. up there. By, I saw oh, that yeah. picture. And um, like he's, he walked up to like, he's just staring like, what are you doing up there, man? And so we're did probably Matthew a year away. Did Matthew cry? And yell out like when he was approaching the cross? Oh, I have no clue. Okay. All yeah, Preston just was kind of quiet. I mean, Preston's a very observant kid. And, and you said so you get to know him. Four and a he, half? He's four and a half, yeah. He'll yeah. be five next month. So he's always just very observant and will watch and then kind of take it in and I internalize it. I bet he it. has taken in a lot more oh, than I'm you sure. think. Yeah, yeah, it's so fascinating. <laughs> or those, although maybe I think a lot, again, a lot of kids skip out of there and go, right, let's go find the Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my goodness. 
I mean, even that Sunday when we came to Easter, like it had been a horrible three days for us. And we showed up. We're like, look at there's Brad and he's fine. And she was like, and I was like, oh my gosh, what did we do to our kid? Yeah. That's funny. Well, so he, well, he, speaking of like kids and being in church, he loves the kids sermon that you guys do. I think that's yeah. important. It's, it's crazy for me. So like when preparing to be a pastor and you, you know, children's sermons, a typical Lutheran church has like three to five kids, maybe max at these yeah. children's sermons. And we're, we'll have like 30 to 40 on a weekly basis. And yeah, so that that's a lot of opportunities for something weird to come out of a kid's mouth though, you know, cause like I like to ask questions. So every time I have like a candle for a baptism, like when do we like candles? And a kid will say Hanukkah <laughs> and like, that's not a part of our tradition, but yeah, we like candles at Hanukkah cause yeah. we're friends with the Jewish people. Like, so it's just always funny, it's like funny. what I can toss out, but it's, is a there group. a family at our service that you um, have watched or that you have admired or thought, Oh, I, well, no? So, well, Liza and her family, I've come to know them a little bit inside and outside of the church. So that's like a grown family where I look at and I'm like, oh, they also go to church together and they have like a bond and they're beautiful. Like, you know, and then I look at you with your stunning children. I'm like, oh, maybe one of those will babysit for me. And they also look like you guys have that type of, you know, family bond where the mother, the father, the kids, everybody's kind of involved in that. So, I mean, those are the two people that I like. I don't really know too many other people and I didn't meet you before today. But I mean, just visually seeing what looks oh, well, good on the outside. Oh, well, that's an honor for you to even <laughs> say that. But yeah, I totally agree about the Baumgartners. And I think we've always had people like that um, ahead of us. The Wish News and the Baumgartners we've um, yeah. watched as well. And I think, like Pastor Brian said, hopefully growing like generationally within our Celebration Campus is exciting. Because yeah. I think it's so great to see families at a different stage of life than yours. Right. Um, and, and to emulate that or to, yeah. I know. I see like moms with teenage sons. Or, you know, you'll do yeah. like the graduation thing. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's going to be me with my son. Like, and I just hope that he puts his arm around me like I see some of the, you know, sons do to their mothers and just trying to keep that like loving, faithful relationship between he and I. Um, so that's I mean, it's, I it's a lot to think really about. Bond. We do. I mean, like he's I like my he's my man. Yeah. And I'm like obsessed with him. And he's so just like that. But, you know, who knows as people grow up and what they happens. are their you own just, people you just hope that mm-hmm. they have that love for you and like give that back so as much as i can do to keep him like in that that vein <laughs> i'm like let's go to church no, let's you're doing do the right this. thing do you're doing the right thing you yeah. guys are doing so, a good job yeah that's beautiful <laughs> so um cute. is there anything else that you want to want to add i feel like you were so open and oh, lovely it. and it was so great all to these meet random you. things i when, think you're so warm did you ever think of the struggle circling back you don't have to no i, I really, kind of feel like that was your mom with the motorcycle well no i think the, the struggle that i over come no i think maybe just no yeah i don't i, I i'll think i'll get back to you on that one mm-hmm. okay email like, us and then we'll yeah, read it we'll read it but like <laughs> who cared so much to hear about erica's struggle that she needed to update that on the podcast and nobody <laughs> well, well i think you you're so positive that i bet like you overcame it and you don't even realize your own strength in overcoming some of these things i think that is how i take your personality so or it's like wonderful becoming like my own person and doing what i want to do so tying back to you know, what other people think you should do and all this stuff. I've become in the last few years very good about taking care of myself and doing what I need to do for myself to be happy and healthy rather than always looking to the outside. I love that. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Well, you are really, really pretty on the outside, well, and you're we, really beautiful on the inside. We showered today, Marnie. We, so, I got well, you look good. Again. You look good, girl. You're killing it. So thanks for being a part of our community. Yeah. Um, and totally um, we're random. excited to, to have to you here. Erica. No, I love it. I think it's an honor to get it's to know fun. you, and I think we're lucky to have you here. So Thank you. Bring more people and come and join us, everybody. Yeah. And then just <laughs> final update is that we're probably taking a little bit a of a bit of a break because Baby Wise is a coming um, hot on the tails. So we might do – I'm really hoping to get um, new mama Miss Mandy – um, right. So maybe in June sometime. I'm going to just take all my microphones and stuff home. And we'll play me. there. Like I'll, I'll make a quick trip yep. here, bring them there, and then you can hold a baby and interview Mandy. Yeah. So that oh, might be the next one, but it's going to be a hot minute. So thank yeah. you so much, no Erica. Thank you. Bye, Have everybody. A good day, guys. Bye.